Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to The Friday Forge, a weekly episode where we dismantle short stories, smelt bookish ideas, and hammer out topics brought forth by the Book Reviews Kill community. And on today's episode, Chad and I will be answering just a few questions from the community in a short and sweet Q&A style episode. I really love doing these ones. These are fun. Me too. It's like, I know that the content that we are creating is wanted because we're directly answering questions and it's nice to uh leave the creative juice and inspiration to someone else so it's uh lovely thank you so much for submitting these questions the first question comes from kayla on my tiktok page actually uh and the question is can you suggest me some of the best books to read that are under 200 pages i feel this um sometimes it's nice to just crush out a novella get a nice little story with not a whole lot of fat on it and just mm. There it is. Moving on to something else. And uh, yeah, I've been reading novellas lately. Especially if you haven't been reading for a while. Uh, you know, you can kind of, we all go through our phases where we phase in and out. And if you're kind of going through a slump or maybe haven't read in a while and you're just like, oh, I don't know what to read. So you've just been watching Netflix and you want to get back into it. I think a novella is, or a book under 200 pages is a really good place to start because you kind of get that like win feeling. You're like, yeah, I'm a reader. Yeah, and you could do it with a couple novellas in a row if you want. I've got some suggestions for you, Kayla, if you're listening, and to everybody else. Uh, if you're into science fiction, you could check out To Be Taught If Fortunate by Becky Chambers, which is a nice, short, sweet book about space exploration that I read in basically one sitting. Becky Chambers is a terrific writer and has a bunch of other work that's just as good. Uh, I also talked about it at length on the Monday episode this week, but A Psalm for the Wild Built is also fantastic, beautiful, under 200 pages. Something about the way that Becky Chambers writes, it just glides along so well. There's a ton of really awesome ideas in there. Especially, I mean, to be taught and fortunate, seem to have a lot of really deep ideas about space exploration that I hadn't really seen discussed in a lot of other science fiction that I'd read. It was always kind of taken for granted, but this is kind of looking at it from a bird's eye view and saying like, why do we do this? What's the point of us even being out here when we have so many problems on Earth? Why keep exploring space? And then A Psalm for the Wild Built. I still haven't read the sequel. Um, I've got it right over here. I'm going to read it this week. But it's just one of the loveliest, nicest, coziest, big warm hug books that I've read in recent memory. <laughs> um, also in the sci-fi vein, you could go with Elder Race by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Adrian Tchaikovsky wrote uh, The Children of Time, which is one of my favorite science fiction books. Um, he's got some sequels for that as well that I haven't gotten to. But Elder Race is a short little book that's just under 200 pages about a culture that mistakes an anthropologist stranded on a planet for a wizard that can help them save their community. And it's it's kind of funny because it really plays with the language. There's two point of view characters and each chapter alternates that point of view and they can't really understand each other. But the way that Tchaikovsky writes it, you understand everything that the character is thinking and saying and then the next chapter is the other character not understanding any of it. So it's a very cool structure that Tchaikovsky works with to try and explain this whole situation. And it all revolves around language. And ah, it's, it's a delightful book. Um, doesn't get too dark or anything. It's just a nice sci-fi romp. It's nice to have a story that not only is like a good tale in that short amount of pages, but also makes you think a little bit and takes you to yeah. some deeper places and looks at like language. And that, that's pretty cool. And 
I feel like hard to do in such a short amount know, of pages. Yeah, short stories. I mean, we've been able to do whole half hour, 45 minute long episodes on the short story before because there's just sometimes like uh, with The Jaunt by Stephen King or The Velt by Ray Bradbury. We did an episode on The Ones Who Walk Away from Omalas by Ursula Le Guin, but we decided to scrap that episode because uh, Chad and I don't know enough <laughs> about uh, <laughs> like utilitarian philosophy and teleology to get real. It got so deep <laughs> into it. I like listened back on that episode and I was like, we sound kind of dumb actually. Yeah, we're like bumbling Talk- fools yeah, like talking about something we don't even kind of understand. I was able to like singularly by myself really understand it but then once we started talking about it i was like i don't think we're educated enough right or nor are we adding anything to the overall <laughs> right conversation i know totally yeah. just like well uh, this is what it was about cool guys ursula Le Guin is a master but yeah i mean brilliant obviously like novellas are the way to go and looking up authors that you might have already read and seeing if they have any shorter fiction is also a really great idea you might be surprised to find like i just found today that john scalzi a really awesome science fiction writer has a couple of novellas and I didn't, didn't know that there are also, while we're talking about short books, Chad, there are also novellas for the expanse that are all compiled into one book called memories legion, which came out recently. And apparently if we really want to do it right, we have to read the novellas and they're assigned places between the books and the expanse. And I'm not, I'm just telling you about this now, but I'm planning on doing it so that we have as much content as possible for these podcast episodes with The Expanse, but I'm not telling you what to do with your own time, Chad. You could just read the nine books. I think if we're going to read it, I we're going to read it. it. You know, I'm not picking right. the pepperonis off of the pizza. I want to eat the whole thing, you know? Get the- yeah. Uh, if I may, I'm going to recommend sure. um, Emperor's Soul by Brandon Sanderson. Ooh. One of the best novellas I have ever read. It is classic high fantasy. It's a little snippet of this character's life and man, this book does such a good job building an emotional connection with the character and then also making you think, I know that this has been said so many times before, but I'm going to say it again because it's just so true. Brandon Sanderson is truly one of the Kings of magic systems. And this one is no exception to his brilliant and creative and unique magic system. Just so cool. Yeah, it's very short, but um, there's a there's a really cool conversation you could pull out of Emperor's Soul too about like art and creativity and yeah, right. that's a very very and good and what's one. real and what because the whole magic system is built around um being forging. able to yeah forging being able to forge things and it kind of gets into the question of like what is a forgery like how good of a when where's the line between like copying and art yeah. and uh, it it pushes that line around a little bit and it's brilliantly done emotionally ties you in and a nice little snippet. In fact, I was sad when the story ended. I was like, Oh man, I love this character. Did, um, did you read the slow regard of silent things? <laughs> That's so funny. You should say that. Were you going to suggest it? <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of, I didn't read it. I'm going to put it on the small list. I let, I read it in one plane ride. Yeah. And it's very small and short. If you like kind of a fluffy, book that's it's a lot of like really 
pretty description. Yeah. You know, and like the moonlight. I didn't really like Ari very much in that in those books. Like yeah. I know that a lot of people really love Ari and I know that that's a story about Ari. And for anybody listening that hasn't read The Name of the Wind, Ari is a character that the main character Kvothe meets while he's going to school who is kind of like magically kind of <clears throat> like disabled herself, you know what I mean? Like she's she's doesn't she's not like kind of all there, you know? She's still yeah. she's still like a pretty fascinating character kind of I th- I don't she's know. She's almost trying I, too hard to be fascinating. She's so know. mysterious and like deep that sometimes it feels a little forced in my opinion. But it's like it's she's like, like magically addled though, you know? So it kind of yeah. makes sense, but this I don't know. It just kind of reminds me of like talking to like like a friend of mine on mushrooms, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just like, ah, oh, I have a I have a dress made out of moonlight, and it's like, what the what? hell are you talking about? <laughs> what does that even mean? A dress like, made out of moonlight. That's a very good way of putting. I think that's literally what she says in the book. Yeah, like, it's briefly and floofy, but like I said, if you like beautiful descriptions, it's yeah. it's rife with them. And if you like the Name of the Wind series, I definitely think it's worth your time considering it'll take you an hour and a half to read it. I mean, I knock Rothfuss constantly, but I mean, the guy, you can't argue, is such an yeah. incredible writer. Like, I mean, I should just, I, I should just read it. I know I should read it. <laughs> I just like... It's, it's worth, like I said, it's worth your time. I like didn't read it because it was like a protest non-read. Like, oh, is this what you're giving us, Patrick? Which is this little novella about a side character that's not good enough but right we've been waiting how many years for the third one of your series and you give us this 150 page like floofy you said floofy like five times i love it's very, it <laughs> it's a floofy book man <laughs> um so that's gonna do it for us for now for us recommending some of these books um the next question comes from travel danielle Travel Danielle asks, do you frown on people who only buy their books? I think what they might mean by this is, um, are we judging people that only like purchase their books and don't go to libraries or don't borrow them or, um, no, if you don't have a vast collection of books. You are not even kind of a, no, I think that's so silly. Yeah. I mean, like I definitely don't, I don't go that far either, obviously, but yeah, I mean, if you have the means like, I mean, even if you don't, like, I don't know, books aren't the worst thing to waste your money on. But um, yeah, I don't, this never really bothered me that much. I mean, I, um, I've used libraries. I have a library card. I use Libby um, when I can't find an audiobook uh, that's like, or if I don't have a credit on Audible or what something. What is Libby? You don't know what Libby is? No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, do you have a library card? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a library card, it's like a, it's an app. You sign in with your library card and then it connects you to your, um, like county's library so like the bend or the Deschutes County library you get put in there and then you can borrow books for free or borrow uh, audiobooks for free from oh, and a wow. lot of libraries have pretty decent catalogs and uh, I mean you get put on a wait list if it's like a really popular thing just like sure. with a library but I've found audiobooks on there that I was really surprised nobody had checked them out before or not before but that nobody had had them checked out presently and I was just able to listen to a free audio audiobook. Yeah, Libby is awesome. It's really cool. L I B B Y, and is it an yeah. app? Yeah, it's an app. Cool, very cool. That's an awesome resource. Sometimes I really like just ch- uh, changing up the medium of how I'm reading something, um, especially if I'm just kind of like laying in bed and I don't like my Kindle is very like slippery. 
Uh, <laughs> it's just like not the worst problem in the world, obviously. But I like uh, holding my phone sometimes in bed and just laying in a fetal position and just reading on my phone. And uh, I don't know. I find that changing up the medium kind of helps a little bit. And yeah, Libby's awesome. I, I use it all the time. Wow, that's a cool resource. Yeah, but as far as people that only purchase books, like I don't know, I don't know where the. I mean, I guess if, if you look at it from like a um, like a paper usage standpoint, you know what I mean? Like there is a little bit of waste going on with the industry. I would say, especially when people are like reprinting books because they didn't they wanted to do a, a new cover or something like that, or the, they wanted to change the cover and put they put out a whole new slew of books that no there's no difference except it has a little netflix sticker on it or something like i think that's pretty wasteful but like you buying books because you like them like i don't know i don't think there's a whole lot of room for judgment there no definitely not either way whether you're buying them or you're not buying them you know like i for one love and kind of have a sense of pride about like the book collection that i have and i love the i love the aesthetic that it adds to a room and it's a talking point when you're like giving someone a tour of your house or whatever but at the same time, you know, not everyone's in a situation. You know, a lot of people are van lifing it up out there. Like yeah, you probably totally. don't have a spot to have a ton of books. And should that be hampering you or should you be seen as any less of a reader because you're borrowing from the library or your friend? No, like absolutely, absolutely not. not. You know, just reading and consuming it is the point. Yeah. I mean, like I don't endorse uh, pirating books really because I think that, you know, you should support the author if you can and if you don't have the means then libraries are a really good choice i do see uh, a side of the pirating argument um in cases where people don't really have access to a reliable library or even a library at all um and they don't have the means to buy books um yeah i totally see that for sure um i would say in regards to libraries like donating to libraries even if you don't really like go to them very often you don't have a library card or anything going to the library sales that a lot of libraries do um, just kind of like staying updated. Like my library is like three blocks away from my house and I like it. Oh, that's awesome. Everyone that works there is super, super nice. It's always nice and quiet in there and they don't have a great selection or anything. I mean, it's not like it's not Powell's, you know, but they do have a lot of books in there and it's just cool to know that there's a building right down the street that has a bunch of books in it that I can go with a card and just grab as many as I want. Well, within reason, obviously. But right. um, yeah, I mean, I'd say if you're buying books, Buy the books. It's cool. I buy books all the time. Um, I love buying books. But um, just just from, try to stay aware that there are other outlets that, you know, kick them five bucks. It's like it's like donating to Wikipedia, you know, like right. five bucks, ten bucks. Like just keep yourself updated on what's going on with the library. Share libraries, um, your local libraries, um, like Instagram stories and stuff like this. You know, just like help out. Yeah. And if you have, you know, multiple copies of the same book or you go through and kind of cull your bookshelf and get rid of a bunch of stuff, maybe consider as opposed to conveniently just like dropping it off the doorstep of Goodwill, um, who's going to turn around and and sell those. And I know that they do a lot of things being a nonprofit, but at the end of the day, they're making a lot of money. And I think you'd probably be better. (laughs) I've heard some weird things about Goodwill. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, I, I just think that it would be good to keep your local library in mind and maybe maybe drop off some there. I have a little free library, uh, two of them actually on my street. I live in a very me too bibliophile neighborhood of Portland, which is saying a lot cuz Portland really loves books and coffee and rain, um which is I which is why I love <laughs> Portland so much. But yeah, there's a little free library structure thing. Little cute house thing. Yeah, it's a little house, yeah. Yeah, and, mine um, too. I just actually a couple days ago dropped off a bunch of paperbacks that uh I, I knew I was never going to read. 
I did that like a couple weeks ago and try to try to put in a couple books because I take books out all the time. And so sometimes I'll read that book and then return that book. But usually I'll try to take uh, new books and put them in there. And I kind of pride myself on whenever I go back to the little book hut that my books are always taken. I'm like, I got the best book. <laughs> I will say for sure, um, I think buying on Amazon is fine. Like I know that a lot of people really don't like it when you buy books on Amazon. There's a lot of judgment there. I totally see the arguments for not buying on Amazon because Amazon really scales back their pricing to the point where basically nobody's making money. Besides Amazon. Yeah, but even Amazon's like not even making that much money. They're just trying to undercut everybody else. But like, um, if you, I mean, if it's a book that you really want, uh, you can always buy stuff directly from publishers. I've done that before. Um, buying stuff, even at like Barnes and Noble, they're getting a little bit more than they would on Amazon. Um, Amazon is, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to my audience. Like buying a book on Amazon and then having it delivered to your door in like 16 hours is, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Especially because it's way cheaper than everything else. But just try to keep the author in mind. You know, like like a Brandon Sanderson book. Eh, I might buy it on Amazon. Like if he's uh, old Sando, you know. Right. Sando's doing all right. Like, But if it's like an up, up and coming author that not a lot of people have heard about, like I'd rather see what avenues there are for, you know, even buying it at Barnes & Noble, like I said, buying it at your local bookstore. Uh, you're supporting the bookstore and the author. And there's just like, there's like harm reduction ways to go about buying things. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and <laughs> scream at anybody for buying a book right. on Amazon. <laughs> You're not wrong, though, in that Amazon does promote kind of a race to the bottom sort of yeah. atmosphere when yeah. it comes to selling things. Though I will say, and I hope that other companies eventually gain the resources to be able to provide this service, because I really like how a lot of Amazon's books, especially people who are self-published on Amazon, um, are a like print on demand type situation. So there's zero waste. There's not like 2000 books being yeah. made sitting in someone's garage that may or may not ever be sold. It's like when you buy that book, that book is printed and manufactured right then into creation. It's magicked into creation and then sold to you, which I think is a really like wasteless form yeah. of doing it, you know, which I think is cool. I just wish it wasn't Amazon being the only person <laughs> who provided that service, you know, cause I Gosh. do think it's a really cool, like direct consumer to manufacture no waste efficient um supply chain it's so wild like I've, I've heard so many things that are like well amazon does this really cool thing and it's like yeah that's totally valid but why does every time i open up my phone there's just some other horrible article about how terrible <laughs> this company is and it's like damn it it's just not quite balancing out yet like right yeah, You're like why I, do they own so much real estate yeah, like what what um but yeah you know um just keep the author in mind keep libraries in mind you know buy books if you want the books, obviously. Yes, I used to be a big proponent of returning the book on Audible when you get it, and then you can kind of get your credit back and rotate through it. But then it was brought to my attention that that harms the author. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, so I have since stopped doing that because yeah. at the end of the day, the author spent so much time. And the narrator and too. Hard, yeah, and the narrator to yeah. make this thing that it's like, man, don't return your $2 book. You know, like... <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move on to the next question. And this is our last question, and then we're just going to wrap it up. All right. This question comes from Crackerjack21, who asks, do you have any Kindle or audiobook subscriptions? Which ones are the best? Ah, that's kind of fairly in line with what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah that's um, a nice segue, Ken, uh, Crackerjack. Subscriptions are weird. I recently went through my bank account and looked through all of my subscriptions, and y'all, I was, 
I'm not even going to tell you. Why would I tell? Well, I'm not, <laughs> not going to tell you. But I will say it was embarrassing the amount of things that I was signed up for that I had forgotten that I had signed up for. Uh, I don't even watch that much TV, and I was spending a lot of money on TV. Um, but uh, as far as like book related subscription stuff goes, I was subscribed to quite a few different things, but I've kind of I kind of honed it down a little bit. Um, I think I'm subscribed to, I'm, I've, I will never get rid of my Audible subscription. Never. Audible is excellent. Like it's, it's easily the best audiobook app there is. Um, I mean, I've used other ones. Um, I've used audiobooks.com, which is like 14 bucks or something like really similar pricing to Audible, but I don't know, like their interface is not great because on Audible, it'll kind of like divide everything up into chapters and it'll name the chapters and everything. And it's, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. And when you speed it up, it tells you the um, relative like speed that that you can finish the book in. Depending right, on just what went from sp- 21 hours to 12 hours. Exactly. Like, time to it, you know. Right, exactly. But with this other one, audiobooks.com, they don't do that. It just says whatever's remaining. And I don't and know math, why. But it's, no. It's so annoying. <laughs> and I've found that like a lot of... They've, I've had weird issues with that app. And um, so I, I stopped my... I was subscribed to both Audible and audiobooks.com. And I was spending $30 a month on that, which was <laughs> ill-advised, I would say. But, you know, you do you. Uh but yeah, it was okay. I mean, as far as audiobooks, like Audible definitely seems like the best one. But Libby, like I was saying before, has good quality, a good audio quality. They chop everything up into chapters as well. Um, yeah, like for a free audiobook, like Libby is definitely your best bet. But as far as like paying for it on a subscription level, uh, Audible for audiobooks, I mean, you really... It's hard to beat. Oh, oh wait, no. Um, okay, this isn't really a subscription, but Chirp... Uh, does audiobooks as well c h i r p i've done like some some brand deals with chirp before but i was using chirp before they even hit me up and um they do a really cool thing where you just buy the audiobook outright <clears throat> so it's just it's just yours now you know you don't have to like keep paying a subscription so and they do deals all the time too like i see cool books on there for like 5 bucks uh, which is really nice because audio, audiobooks can be like 40 dollars sometimes which makes sense cuz i mean yeah the narrator spends a lot of time recording that. Oh my gosh, it's something like four to six hours per finished hour of work that goes into that. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh my god, <laughs> like uh, Kate reading and Michael Kramer doing Stormlight Archive and all the Wheel of Time books. Like, <laughs> oh my god, so much. But anyway, um, Chirp is really cool. I've definitely got a couple books off of Chirp um, in the past, and it's just the the idea of just like not having to pay a subscription and you just. Buy the buy the audiobook when it's on sale, and then it's just yours forever. That's uh, that's pretty nice. And then with um, other subscriptions, um, I did have Kindle Unlimited for a little while, but um, I stopped with it. I think Kindle Unlimited is a really good value if you're not trying to have a bunch of books on your shelves. If you're not trying to keep a bunch of physical copies around your house, and you really like reading on your Kindle, there's a ton of really good stuff on there, um, and it kind of shifts around. It's kind of like Netflix, you know, like some stuff goes on there and some stuff is off of there. So basically just like gives you the keys to the kingdom of a whole suite of free right books, yeah correct? exactly okay. you can just, i think you can have like 10 or something on your kindle i really liked it but um i found that nothing that i had really been planning on reading was i might be kind of a special case you know what i mean because like, i just have like hundreds and hundreds of these things they get sent to me through the mail and i just i couldn't really justify it um because i've just got all these books laying around <laughs> in my house um but i think that it is totally a value um 15 bucks a month again uh, for quite a few series. Like a lot of yeah. stuff is on there. 
if you're living that van life I mentioned briefly right. earlier, yeah. it would be an excellent option for you to keep reading. Though, so would something like Libby, it sounds like, too, for, for more of a cheap free option. So Yeah, and Libby lets you like put it over on your Kindle and stuff. And I'm definitely checking that out. I think it does. I've only ever read it on my phone. Um, but I was also subscribed to... Oh, I am subscribed to Shonen Jump which is a manga subscription service. Ooh. And guess what? That's $2 a month. Oh. And there's a bunch of manga on there. There's so much manga. You could never read all the manga that's on there. $2 a month? I have no issue with paying that. That's, that's a deal right there. Yeah, for lots and lots of manga. And you can read it on... I mean, I have an iPad, so I just read stuff on my iPad. Does that give you access to the full suite? Or do you get like a credit system like Audible? No, it's like everything. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's so cool. But I mean, it's not like the... Like Death Note is on there, which is cool. There's a bunch of Dragon Ball Z stuff on there. Berserk? Berserk's not on there. No. Darn. Uh, I know. Um, yeah, it's not like the really, I, I didn't see like a ton of like the really, really, really popular ones, but there are some really popular mangas on there. And I mean, for $2 a month, like you won't even notice that. And right. you'll probably find some manga too that you hadn't ever heard of. Just, I mean, just go through and try some different stuff out. You know, you might find your next favorite one. That, the Shonen Jump app is probably, if we're talking about like bargains or like value or whatever, right, that's most probably, yeah, that's the best one is Shonen Jump for sure. That sounds like it. How's the picture representation on your phone? Do you notice it get like, do you, are you zooming in all the time or is it laid out pretty well? Formatted? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. I've never really, yeah. If you hold it in portrait mode, you know, it looks bigger. But you gotta scroll around a little bit more. Oh, they just increased the price to two ninety nine. I just opened oh, up the app. Oh man, a thirty three point three three repeating percent increase. That's fine, I guess everything's <laughs> I getting expensive. It's fine. Though to even say that is expensive, like yes, a thirty three percent increase sounds like a ton, but going from two dollars to three dollars, let's it's be fine. real, is pretty reasonable still. Yeah, I mean, I really like the layout, even in portrait mode, and then you can flip it over to landscape mode, and it's, you know, really nice to look at. You can zoom in on each panel. Um, I don't think that Shonen Jump does the thing where it shows you one panel at a time, um, which I know that, I can't remember what the other apps that do that are, but there are some, like, manga apps that will show you just one panel at a time while you're reading. And that was actually suggested to me because I made a TikTok video about how much I appreciated the art in Berserk, and I felt like I was, like, looking at it too fast where I was so I, my eyes were dancing around to everything on the page because there's so much going on and somebody has suggested uh, to find an app that does that which um, just like it'll just show you one panel and you can like soak up that entire thing and even if the, the next panel would would have been on the same page next to the first one it'll just show it in a completely different slide which is really nice yeah sorry to mislead everybody three dollars instead of two dollars <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think the book community can forgive My you on that My journalistic integrity is shattered. <laughs> I like the one panel at a time thing because, man, it just strikes me whenever I read a berserk or, or an equivalent book that it's just the art, the skill that goes into every page. There's things that should be hanging on people's wall in almost every page of these hundreds of pages. I'll get lost in like a crowd looking at like the yeah. detail on someone's hands Seriously. in the background. It's insane. And so I like that kind of forces you to appreciate the uh, or at least yeah. gives you the opportunity without being like, what's this crazy thing happening beneath this, you know? <laughs> um, and then I will say as far as subscriptions go, um, I'm not subscribed to any like book boxes or anything like that. I know that they're very popular, 
it just never really interested me that much. I mean, there, it is kind of cool though because like fairy loot and um, uh, there's a couple other ones that are very popular. They will they have their own like special editions of books Ooh. that are coming out. So like I think um, Babel by Ralph Kuang had a fairy loot copy that's like very sought after and it's very rare now and it's you know you get that with your subscription so that is kind of an added bonus to some of these is they will kind of go the extra mile that is kind of cool book of the month does a really cool thing where i think they have like a big selection of books every month and then you pick which ones you want out of that selection and they send them to you they're like nice hard covers but they do have like that book of the month like little decal on the top which kind of like what yeah i don't don't put your branding on here. You kind of ruin the book, y'all. But yeah. Whatever, that's fine. Though I do, I, I don't know. I understand the mystery factor, but I just like can't give up that much control over like which book I'm going to be getting, which is why I like the one that you just mentioned where you kind of get to pick from the list as opposed to just getting like a random selection of books in the mail. Well, I think that for most of these um, subscription services for books, they kind of like announce to everybody what the, what the next month's oh, thing they do. is going to okay. be. But the thing that always kind of turned me off about it is like, I feel I feel like like thirty dollars a month for like one book in a box. It kind of like I I gotta really want that book. You know? Yeah, that's a lot for one book in a box. <laughs> Unless it's limited edition signed, like you said. I mean, personally, I love getting a box from like a publisher or something that's got like bookmarks and keychains and stuff in it. I really do like that. I think that's awesome. It's them kind of going a little bit extra. Like I've gotten promotional boxes before. Like uh, Brandon Sanderson's team sent me uh, the audiobook download code for The Lost Metal. Wow. Which is odd because I haven't read any of the other ones, but. Um, <laughs> is that they, the new Mistborn? Then the yeah, newer one? I have, okay. and I haven't even read, I haven't even started the next trilogy or whatever. Send it my way, I have. <laughs> they put in a pair of Bluetooth headphones in there too. What? Yeah. Wow, like, like for me to listen to the audiobook with. <laughs> what were they nice ones? <laughs> like, or just yeah, like, they were pretty nice. I use them wow. sometimes. Yeah. But it's like it's like they were saying, okay, we're sending you this audiobook thing on the on the off chance that you don't have headphones. <laughs> we're gonna make sure you could listen to it. When these subscription boxes and stuff like throw some extra stuff in there, I feel like that's kind of like worth your time. But do your research on those because I know that um, my friend Kevin over there on TikTok um, has a raging crusade against <laughs> the bookish box and has gotten multiple cease and desist letters from them because he hates them so much. And apparently a lot of other people are very upset with them as well. And um, I don't know, like I've worked on those kinds of assembly lines before where people are kind of assembling books or not books, but boxes of stuff together to like send out to people. And um, they're weird. <laughs> I don't trust yeah. them. I don't know why. I don't trust them. But I uh, maybe I should sign up for fairy loot so I can get one of those. Like, because there's like a Jade City fairy loot copy that's apparently Ooh. beautiful, and it's like four hundred dollars now if Ooh. you wanted to buy it. But yeah, some collectible stuff sounds pretty cool. There's like, uh, you know, there's kind of two things that you're getting there. It's like one, there's the book itself for reading's sake, but then there's also the if you are a collector and you want to see them as like collector's items. Like there are books that I have that I won't read. I actually own two copies of because one of them is like a beautiful signed version or like an advanced reader copy that is just like really special and important to me. And I don't want to wreck it and get chocolate all over it because I'm eating Reese's peanut butter cups while reading the book, you know? So <laughs> you have like a but burner I mean, copy of a book. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's a little snobbish. So I'm not like a prepper or anything, but I do have like, I mean, Portland 
you never know. Like we've been waiting know. for the the big earthquake for a while and stuff. And I just I have a bag in my basement. Bug out bag? Oh yeah, I have a bug out bag that's just full of like everything you could need to survive for a few days. Me too. In my bug out bag, I have a very ratty copy of The Hobbit. <gasps> uh, yeah. Me too. No way. Yeah. Oh dude. my god. That's yeah, so cool. I remember thinking like, which book should I put in there? Which book? And I struggled with it for a while because I had like four and I was like, Chad, I feel like running for your life, you should not have seven pounds of books on you. So I had to limit it and I picked The Hobbit. That is insane. <laughs> it's not that crazy of a coincidence though, because like what, what would be the best book to read during the apocalypse? The Hobbit. Probably like as far as like, like what you can carry around with you. You know what I mean? But I did see a mass market paperback of all three Lord of the Rings books on Pango books the other day for like 10 bucks. I should have bought it. It was like an all in one. Yeah. Those are all. Oh, I, I started collecting those speaking of overconsumption and kind of, waste, uh, <laughs> Wait, you started collecting just Lord of the Rings. Okay. So it's the only kind of book that I'm like collecting. You know what I mean? I've got the berserk books over here and that's fine, but I had to buy them like that. Um, but, uh, Lord of the Rings, is so special to me and I love the single volume copies of Lord of the Rings so much. Well, specifically just, those you're collecting or just yeah, any Lord of the Rings? Not any of them. Yeah, I don't want like because uh, the trilogy uh, in separate books is fine um, but like the, the all in one so as you can see on my shelf back here I've got this one which is like the, the 50th anniversary one and then I just got another one which is like the paperback um, but it's like, it's like all black and red and looks really cool and then there's like a there's actually one that just came out around the time the Rings of Power came out to kind of promote Rings of Power, but there's no Ooh. little sticker on it, and it looks really cool. Uh, but yeah, those are the ones, the all-in-one Lord of the Rings editions. If anybody wants to send me some, that's cool with me too. But like, <laughs> I love them so much. That's good to know. I'm putting it in my gift folder right now. Evan, yeah, likes all in one. Yeah, I do. Have you ever seen one that has the Hobbit included? No, I have. I've yet oh. to see one of those. But uh, we should wrap this up. We've been at this for a little while. and uh, Let's do it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Friday Forge. We love making these episodes. They're very much more laid back and just, uh, you know, we're just delving into some different topics here. They're you know? fun, friendly little jaunts into the bookish world and is so tasty as always. Bye, everybody. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.